0: Everybody, welcome back to another edition of Talking Tigs. Uh, coming to you tonight uh, on the East Coast, Scott Gerard and Daniel Zollinger. And we got Tommy holding it down in Baton Rouge. A uh, uh, lot to catch you up on. We, you know, going bi-weekly right now. So football practice started as of this past Thursday. Uh, still no quarterback, but uh, you know, I think that's probably okay. But still, some other some news and notes. They handed out seven and eighteen. So we know who's going to wear that. I think we kind of know who's going to wear seven, but uh, eighteen may or may not be a surprise. I don't know. Depends who you had in mind, but uh, there is that. And uh, you know LSU may have added a a commit over over this time as well. I'll probably throw it to Daniel for that one. Uh, I think we also had some uh, you know some baseball news because all the everyone that was drafted had to declare by August first. So that happened. So we officially know who's going to be on the LSU baseball roster and who is not we'll probably touch on that. There's some basketball news. Uh, I think some history was probably made outside PMAC. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. And, uh, you know, anything else, you know, the, the usual line uh, but before we do, how are you guys doing? Good. Good to be back with you. Uh, gosh, they're,
1: they're hitting up the, they're already at the practice fields. You know, you're getting to see footage out of camp and, um, this is we're in a month that football is going to be played in. So I think all things are, all things are looking up on the, on this front. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Doing well three weeks away from the start of the season with the week zero, I think August 27th. So very excited about that. Uh, yeah. Doing, doing well here in the the new location that I'm in and happy to share this kind of myriad of, of football related and other news uh, with you today. Do you know what the, do you know what the first game of the season is? I think the first one is that uh, games Nebraska versus Northwestern. They're playing in Dublin in Ireland. See, I thought I, okay. I saw a thing today. It was, it was mayor. I
1: mean,
0: it was a uh, Vanderbilt versus Hawaii. Ooh. Uh, no, I, I saw what Daniel saw. Nebraska's playing. It's like week zero or something. And then, uh, then everyone else plays Labor Day weekend. Oh, Okay. Yeah. But a um, uh, good, good use of myriad Daniel. Uh, good to be back with y'all as well. Um, I don't know, Tommy, I I, I noticed, uh, man, look looked like Baton Rouge. Uh, they were probably practicing indoors <laughs> this week from what I saw, man. It looked like uh, there's a lot of, f- like, flash flooding
1: going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Here. Man, it's been – it's rained. I mean, I was joking with my boss the other day. It's, I was like, it's like we live at the beach without the perks because, <laughs> uh, I mean, it rains pretty much like clockwork at around maybe two, 2 to 3, and it'll stop around 530, and then it probably rains again, like, at, like, 8. And – uh i mean it's been good for me because i've been trying to grow grass in in my little backyard thing that i have but uh other than that i mean it's not like today yeah. for a, at starting at like maybe two yeah about two or two fifteen, two thirty, it was pouring and now it's perfectly fine but it'll mm-hmm. probably pour again in about two hours right um, so yeah they, they have been practicing inside you know some of the footage that was put out um from that thursday practice you could, yeah, you, you could see, you know, it was taken ab- from like the balcony kind of above the indoor practice facility. Um, which I have got, I've gotten to go in there. It's super nice. So, I mean, I don't think I they're missing anything, so. but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, it, yeah. The weather's been crazy and, and, you know, I guess we are at hurricane season, but it really hasn't heated up yet. So who knows? I just hope we don't have another, I was, I was like, I think Daniel, you, did you leave too last year? I was, uh, yeah, was out of Baton Rouge for like a week.
2: Yeah, with the Hurricane Ida. Um, I guess that was first week of September or so. But yeah, hopefully there's there's no repeats of that. Uh, and I'm on the East Coast now, where it's also liable hurricanes, but kind of different type of type type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, they're all
0: Miami hurricanes. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like just coming straight straight off the the ocean to you. I, I don't I don't know what's worse, but I mean. Uh, I don't know how much, there's not much flooding in Florida. I think at least there's that. Um, But anywho, back to why we're here, which is, you know, LSU stuff. (laughs) Uh, If they want the weather, they'll go to the Weather Channel. So LSU football practice started this week. Again, you know, I I, I don't know what everyone was really thinking, you know, what they were expecting, what they wanted, if they were going to see anything. I mean, there was, press was allowed into some stuff. You know, you could see some videos, Uh, but I think, you know, it's just more of, Uh Brian Kelly just kind of tightened some screws, seeing who's gonna start in certain places. Uh still no quarterback names. I'm not fine with that. I remember in years past, that would just frustrate the heck out of the fans. Like, how do we not have a quarterback yet? Come on, it's two weeks before the season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't know at the time was we just didn't really have anybody. That we legitimately did not have a quarterback. Right, he's he's trying to figure out the best solution, uh, but I, I feel like a lot more comfortable uh, this go around as far as not having anyone named as of yet. But I mean, I, I think it's just who who can move the ball quickest in the in this season and uh, you know in the the preseason practice. And then yeah, I imagine they'll just name somebody at some point just so they can start to put in their uh, you know their their plays because we we start off against Florida State national stage on that Sunday night Labor Day weekend we're going to want to make an impression. We're going to hit him in the mouth and kind of like we do against Oregon back in what was it 2011. Yeah. Just come out guns blazing out of the gates. Uh I don't know what if there's anything you guys saw that, you know, kind of came out of practice that caught your attention. I I don't know. It was kind of typical stuff for me. Um seemed like there was more news out of the Saints camp than there was LSU camp. But um I don't know. It's, it was interesting to hear KeSean Butte talk cuz he's he said he'd Yeah. At one point he kind of thought about going, but he's like, you know what, just, if you're going to, if you're a good player and if you, if you want it to work, if you like LSU, which he does, he's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, not, I forget how he put it, but he's like, I'm going to beat the system or not beat the system, but basically he was going to overcome the, the holdup he had with the new system. There's always a complete new coaching staff, uh, probably different, different, uh, Obviously, Brian Kelly's holding his players way more accountable than the previous uh, coaching staffs, uh, you know, staffs, plural. But, I mean, there's that. So, obviously, there was a little, you know, uh, butting of heads. But I I think they're good to go now, and I agree with Brian Kelly. He could probably be the best receiver in the country now that he's, you know, uh, along with the system and doing what he has to do to to get on the field, which I, I can't imagine he wouldn't.
1: You know? yeah i mean you'd hope not i know that you know, that that's something that we've seen i mean you just think about the think about the transfers and the the you know exits from the team that we've had pretty much since day one of brian kelly stepped on the stepped in on the campus mm-hmm. um i mean even just this week when we were going to you know get into it uh trey bradford is no longer with the team. And they said sure. it in a, like a weird way. What, what did they say? He was, he was like,
0: removed from the he, university or separated. He was separated. He's, he's from- Yeah. He's permanently separated from the team.
1: <laughs> what? Um, that's some weird lawyer speak, right? That's like the same. That, that's almost like when Brian Kelly, I mean, that's You can tell Brian Kelly wrote that. Cause this is the same guy who said, uh, we need to
0: execute, <laughs> I need to <laughs> execute my players. How, what do you guys think about your execution? It's like, yeah, we need one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but,
1: I think that both, I mean, and these are the stories you heard about Kayshaun Bute and uh, early on, and now Trey Bradford, the reason he's not, that he's not part of the team. They just couldn't fall in line with, with all of the um, expectations that, that Kelly has put in. And, uh, you know, you, and I, I actually kind of like that. Like, you know, I think there are some people and I've heard this in the media of like, Hey, give Kayshaun, you know, come on, give him a break. He's the best receiver in the country. Like he can do what he wants. But I, I think that when you're building a process oriented program and, and Brian Kelly's not looking at this season, he's looking at the next five, six. Um, there's no reason why, you know, you, like you can't start that early. You right. gotta let, you gotta, you gotta uh, look at the, you know, the whole program. So it's good that he is, that he has kind of seemed to, to fall in line and, and, you know, meet expectations, but I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, what, ha- you know, what has happened to a lot of people. And now with like Trey Bradford, where if they don't, if
2: they're not going to cut it, then,
1: you know, you're not, this is not the place for you.
2: Right. On the, on the Kayshawn Butte note, uh, there's obviously a lot of discussion about him uh, being named LSU's number seven, with, given the history that that has of the the various playmakers who have worn that number. And I mean, he's the the most explosive playmaker on our team. So that's very much, uh, worth it but it, it's a little bit sketchy to to give that to someone who was saying he was considering leaving the university just in recent months yeah Uh, and then the other thing was he, he had a comment during the camp that he said he hasn't talked to Dem- offensive coordinator yeah like Mike Denbrock like he doesn't talk to him I was like well why is the best player on your offense not talking to your OC who is probably designing some of the the best plays he can for you uh which you can kind of spin it both ways obviously that's bad but then you can say oh this is the the brian kelly way he runs it like a business butte has to kind of funnel his thoughts through wide receivers coach cortez hankton who goes up to den brock who goes up to kelly uh and that's more efficient than butte being in the ear of the top guy who's trying to run his whole team so it could be good or or bad either way but i thought that was interesting and then uh yeah, he's hopefully ready to go and play as good as he's ever done. But uh, a bit of a not a circus, but discussion in that regard.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the thing is, is that I would be a little bit more concerned if. Um, so I recently watched an interview with Cortez Hankton and he he did He did an interview with uh, on the Jordy Claude show, and uh, he's great. I mean, after I'm very, very impressed with him. So I think that you're, you know, you're onto something, Daniel. Where if, to be honest, like if it was, yeah, I've only, I only talked to DJ Mangus, <laughs> DJ Mangus, and uh, you know, he's the passing game coordinator from last year. I, I, I haven't even talked to the offensive coordinator. I just talked to him. I would be a little bit more concerned. Um, but after after kind of learning more about Cortez Hankton, and then of course he, he was very, um, you know, highly respected and and wanted out of Georgia uh I think that maybe that's a good thing or maybe that makes it a little bit better but it is kind of weird that he's not that he hasn't spoken to den Brock uh, although the, also that could be an exaggeration because I could totally see and and you I think I think all of y'all would agree with me on this uh I think that o would be perfectly fine with running a team. Like with like being like, hey, Kayshawn is our best player. So he needs to be in every offensive meeting. Everyone, everything for the offense needs to be run through him. And I could see where Brian Kelly would be like, no, we don't need to run we don't need to run uh pass cover or pass protections by Kayshawn Butte. He has right. nothing to do with that. Or we don't need to run uh and and check with Kayshawn Butte on how we're gonna uh what our running attack is gonna look like. And I could see where if from a, from a player's perspective, if he's sitting there and he's like, for the past two years, I've, I've been, you know, the coaches have told me everything because, I mean, you know, he was coach, uh, coach, o, one of coach O's favorites. He talked he always talked about him. He talked about him when he, when he recruited him, when he's a freshman. So I could totally see, you know, it kind of just being like a, kind of like you said, Daniel, a different, a difference of way you go about things. But, um, it, for, for Boutte, it feels like he's being, you know, not included, I guess.
0: Right. Well, uh, just one last thing on that, and then we could probably move, move on. But I would say that the, the talk about uh, you know, oh well, it's, it's Kayshawn You can't you know treat him a certain way. He's like our best player. Blah blah. blah. Well, um I think that was one of the criticisms against Ed Orgeron. Yeah, is the egos ran the team instead of the coaches. Absolutely. So I would rather have the coaches run the team uh, and keep the the players' egos in check because, you know, game day, the players are going to do their thing. They can soak up that glory all they want, but that's their coach's job is to get you ready for that game. So you just, you listen to them because if you do want to take it to the next level, you're going to have to listen to those people. That's their job. That's your job. It's, it it is like a a corporate structure in that regard. So if that's the case, uh, I think Brian Kelly is preparing them for the next level, right? Yeah. no i think you're right and and you know you could you could say oh but wait
1: what the ego did the egos run run the show in 2019 like look what they did there it's like no actually we've as we've learned burrow ran the show yeah like there was go watch go look at the Bengals. there's no there's no uh there's not a bunch of egos running the show and it might and and it's not a but the one you know the one alpha dog who's there
0: burrow he keeps everybody in line so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and I don't think anyone expected for, for him to take them to the Super Bowl year two. So, well, he's like really he, year one and a half. He true, didn't even play full, full He got hurt. Year. He got hurt. Uh, now he's got his uh, – he had his appendix taken out, so that's not going to slow him down anymore either. So he's got that – a little bit lighter. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we mentioned uh, that Keisha Butte got number seven. Uh, but number 18 was also given out. Uh, I had another thought on number seven, but well, oh, number 18 went to B. Joe Ogilari. Uh Brian Kelly talked a little bit about that, too. Uh, I don't know that it's really changed, you know, since his inception, since Brian Kelly's here now. I mean, he understands the tradition and he's he's all for it. He's all for the number seven, too. Yeah. But uh, I think 18, it was just kind of like a, just a leader, leader of the team does does a lot of stuff. So I, I don't know. Um, again, I don't know that it really changed much. Uh, speak up on it if you if you've thought otherwise but i mean, you mean like... you, yeah i mean but that tells you how everyone feels about bjo jolari so uh, we no, i think pretty... i think that's accurate like for everything that
1: i've seen people talking about uh you know like uh, i've talked to people um who've worked with bj on on some uh on some you know off the field stuff and um then everything you hear on that, on the the Whether it's game day shows or from the coaches, both Cocho and now Brian Kelly, I mean, he's he's definitely a leader. He's he's going to be our probably our top defensive uh, you know star. He's going to be our best pass rusher. He's going to you know he he has I think he has a chance to be one of the best pass rushers in the SEC. Um, So I think it makes sense, and and it it does it does feel like he's he's been one of the ones who has been a leader even since he was a freshman and he started and he was playing a lot of time as a freshman. Uh
2: Yeah, I agree, and uh, I would say that maybe the number seven and number eighteen tradition has lost a little bit of the luster from. I think seven definitely has from years ago, where like at at one point it was like if you got seven, it was like oh my goodness, like it's like you're the guy, and kind of similar with eighteen to a lesser degree. But yeah, um, BJ definitely a good guy who deserves it. I think he he led LSU in sacks last year with seven. Uh, and has like 70 career tackles as um, a D-end kind of hybrid player, which, I mean, is really good. And hopefully he'll be able to anchor what looks to be a pretty dominant defensive line uh, for this upcoming season. Definitely uh, one of the strengths of our team. So, yeah, hopefully he can continue to lead in the in the locker room uh, and abroad. So uh, we should be poised for success in defense. And I also thought it was interesting. I, I, re- I was reading his bio on LSU's website. He, his name is actually... Jameyu Balaji, Ojalaji. so it should actually be JB and not BJ, <laughs> but he, he flipped it around. I don't know if that's kind of Americanized or, or not, considering it's a Nigerian heritage. Um, but, uh, He's royalty.
0: Yeah, we got that, JB.
2: Right?
0: He's a prince. <laughs> so there was one thing that Brian Kelly said about number seven that I, I thought was interesting, and it you know, hasn't really been a condition or requirement or whatever before now. And he was saying that uh, the number seven is, uh, along with whatever else they're looking at, you know, basically just the, the Heisman of the team, basically. But hmm. somebody from Louisiana. I like that. Yeah. But geography. it's interesting, though, because the original, like the... the, the oh, Patrick Peterson was not from yeah. yeah He's from Florida. Well, Pompano Beach, Florida. And, and then- uh, they also gave it to Jonathan Giles. But I think that we, we all know that was just a, a weird mistake um Grant he, Delpit Grant Delpit's from Texas yeah but he he lived up to it so oh, yeah He's it's good, interesting yeah. so they, they're gonna make it someone from Louisiana I mean it's it's I mean that that could work you know it could be Sheldon Sampson in two years who knows uh but still interesting caveat so to yeah, speak that is interesting yeah
1: I feel I don't know like I don't know how I feel about that actually now the more than I think about it yeah, like it does kind of pigeonhole it to where you know, you could see you could have a guy who's like been an LSU guy since he was, you know, 5 years old and is from Houston. And that's I mean, we've talked about it that there's so many LSU people from Houston it's not even funny. Bad news. Um, I mean even Harold Perkins, right? Like yeah. probably a guy who might start an inside linebacker for us yeah.
0: this year. Yeah, uh, he Brian Kelly did mention his name as someone that stuck out. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know, it'd be kind of crazy. Like, what if he lives up to the height and he wants to wear number seven? And they're like, well, sorry, technicality.
2: You're <laughs> you're from Houston. They might be able to bend the rules just a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, Can no, you no,
1: your- we can't
0: bend the rules. This is Brian Kelly's program. We don't, we don't <laughs> bend rules. Right, right. Anyway, well. So that's, that's all out there. Uh, I mean, we, we love the seven. We love the 18. Uh, you know, I think fans would also just love to know who's going to be slinging the pig skin uh, come that first game against FSU, but we have to wait. Uh, but like I said, um, some, some good things about Harold Perkins so far. Uh, it sounds like it's, I don't know. I saw something where it, it, it looked like uh, there were just, there was a lot of run heavy drills, uh, from what some of the press was reporting, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to use a lot of running back by committee, but also like just com- you know passes coming out of the back. It's it's going to be run heavy. I don't know. if That's uh, I imagine that's that's just a uh, an option as opposed to like we're going to go back to the old <laughs> Les Miles I formation days. I, I don't think that's what they're saying.
1: I mean, a lot of the drills I'm seeing are a lot. It's a lot of uh, read option and and you know shotgun based uh, running." So, yeah. you know, I think that I think that, if we've heard it. We heard it in the spring. If you listen to us, if you you know watch the spring game, if you listen to the reports from um, from spring ball, they're they're expecting a lot from John Emery, and this is you know, of course, we've been expecting that for for what four or five years. Um, yeah. But uh, this is this is his chance to really be the five star that we he was you know in 2018 or 2019 when he when we recruited him mm-hmm. uh, no it was 2019 2018 because he played he played on that 28 team so yeah i mean it's been five years almost and now now he's got you know he got his eyes he got his eyes checked and that worked out I mean, he got his lasik then he, he got, got his grades he got his grades
0: <laughs> and so now we just need him to get his football right um, <laughs> yeah uh, thank goodness. And no pressure on the guy, but you know, like you said, it's, it's, he's a few years in the system. Now he was the number one coming in, uh, pressures on, uh, it's, it's your time to shine. And I don't know, I think it looks like
1: they're going to give him the chance too. Yeah. Totally. like, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a big vote of confidence. Almost. Yeah. You know, I don't think if, if there was, no, if you, if we were, have, we had no backs at all.
0: I don't think they'd be saying, yeah, we're going to be real run heavy. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't mention it. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they they would probably try and not draw any attention to it and just use it all as a surprise. Like you know, I just imagine Clyde would sell being back there, uh, which is great. I mean, because uh, you can't really game plan for something like him. But uh, I I feel comfortable with him with Noah Kane, with everybody else. Uh, just because I mentioned him, Noah Kane, because you know he's he's new to the mix. Yeah. But he, he doesn't seem faced at all. He seems he seems confident. You know, he's he's butted heads in the in the Big Ten. I I don't think he's anything to worry about. He's like just. Even if I'm just in for one play, I'm just going to – I'm going to give it all for that one play, and that's all I need to worry about. So I like his attitude. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, yeah, that Keyshawn hasn't talked to the OC unless the excuse is, you know what, didn't Brock, He's just been in the lab <laughs> creating plays for you. So that's why you haven't talked, but, but here's the playbook. You know, just – we'll see. Um, but, you know, clock's ticking because uh, we are literally, as of today, exactly one month from the game – you can stuff us, you, uh, I don't know. Are you guys going by the way? I'm
1: I'm thinking about it. I don't have tickets yet, oh. but, um, and I don't, it, for me, it might be kind of a game time decision. I feel like I'll be able to, you know, finagle some tickets and it's only an hour yeah. long drive down there, but I also, you know, I might, I might just want to enjoy, enjoy it on a nice, you know, 50 inch QLED, QLED or mm-hmm. KTV. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: don't have Definitely to go anywhere. You got the day off the next day. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, th- I think I'm staying home. I'm uh, looking to hopefully schedule at least one home game in Baton Rouge, where I can go back and and watch that, which will be fun. Uh, but for this one, at least, I think I'll be you taking have any, the backseat. Any seat.
1: dates in mind?
2: Uh, one I kind of honed in on this is kind of far in advance as the Ole Miss game, the homecoming. I think it's October, October 20th, yeah. 22nd, uh, which would one. be which would be fun. Yeah, I know a lot of people are coming back for that, obviously, with the homecoming game and, and LSU Ole Miss is always a fun one. So uh, looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. if eh, I mean, unless something drastically changes between now mm-hmm. and Labor Day, I'll, I'll probably be enjoying it. At watching, you know, probably go and pick up some wings to bring home, watching mm-hmm. it at home, just relaxed because uh, it's, it's a night. It's like eight PM Eastern, right? It's like a late kickoff, even though we're the like the only game, real game that day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that. But yeah, it would be nice to see a game this year. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think there's still plenty of tickets left in New Orleans, so get on them if you can. Yeah. Um, but there's still. Obviously, plenty going around on the LSU campus. Uh, most re- uh, speaking of most recently, uh, I don't know if we talked about this last time. I don't think we did. I, actually, I think it happened after we recorded last time. Was they finally put up a tribute to Pete Maravich, uh, the longtime Tiger Tiger son basketball that just I don't know. Yeah, his his comp, his talent hasn't really been matched since. He still holds the record for uh, scoring. I think he had like. 44 points he averaged in a season. Uh, Just amazing. So they finally put up the statue. Even Dale Brown came. John Brady was there. The new coach, Matt, was there. Uh, You know, everyone's there for this this ceremony. And do you guys actually see the statue? Not live, but just did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I saw a picture of it. I haven't gone by it yet. What do you think? I think it's fine i think I'm it's decent
2: a- I, I wouldn't I, I, I like the shack one i think everybody likes the shack like, yeah. shattering the floor and smashing right the there's like
0: an action pose in it. it's he's he, kind of he's kind of just like standing but uh i know i get it it's it it a different era of basketball i guess that was my thing is like who, who am i to judge but uh it's i, I get what they're trying to do because he's kind of holding the ball in the back but it just you know it's like he's just kind of standing there. It's like if he was going up and he had like one behind his hand or if he was throwing the pass behind his back to his center then cool. Yeah, that would have been something. But hey, it's still I'm I'm just glad they did it. I still think it looks great. Uh just I don't know, it just looks weird cuz he's just kind of holding the ball behind his back, you know, it's whatever. Um but <laughs> it's kind of weird. I just yeah. pulled it up again. <laughs> um but oh so I, I did want to mention this. I don't know I mean it, it kind of ties into LSU basketball, but um I don't know if you, if you guys have been following the story, um, but you know, kind of just one of the things that was, you know, around from the, the Will Wade era of LSU basketball was uh, you know, the unfortunate uh passing of Wade Sims. He was I think he was killed before their, you know, their last well, two seasons. Twenty eighteen
1: season,
0: yeah. Yeah, twenty eighteen season. Sorry. I remember that. It was crazy. Um, yeah, it was they just were, they you were, know, were like
1: getting everybody was like you know oh man they got this new coach it's gonna be great oh we can't wait and then I, I think it was around this time this this time that year
0: no yeah, yeah I think it was and, right before um, started yeah and it was just it was just killed and like what well, is this some random thing but I don't know I don't I haven't followed up on the court reports of like specifically you know what this guy's motivation was but the guy that killed him they they ultimately caught him. And he was sentenced to prison, and he was serving time, but not long, or not for long, because someone killed him in prison. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, was, was it yeah, the report
2: came him? out that the guy, he died of a fentanyl overdose in prison, so... Oh, is that what he, he really,
0: Yeah. Okay, but so, is it... Was that his I haven't thing? really like, said...
2: I haven't said what happened. I mean, this is not a true crime podcast. It could be. It could be whatever you no want official, this to be. There's no official report, but they were saying contraband obviously smuggled in or something, uh, and it wasn't whether – we don't know whether the guy overdosed on his own or somebody like right. got him and injected right. him. with a, Who knows? Right. Mm. Uh, but it, it is weird that while he's within the legal system, he somehow overdoses on an illegal substance, and also, the guy's only 23, and this happened like four years ago. So he was like 19 at the time, uh, which is kind of sad and tragic. Well, you think that
1: Wade Sims was like – he was like 19.
2: Yeah, Um. and then – so it's all very crazy. I guess it's a sad end of a sad story. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't know. I, I think something's weird here. It's like you don't just walk in and start ordering drugs under the tr- – like it's Shawshank or something. Like, hey, I know you can get things – yeah, sure, new guy. What do you need? And then, <laughs> boom. You know, I, I don't know. I uh, again, we don't know everything. Not going to say anything. But anyway, uh, I, I, that that story is it has finality. So, uh, still sorry for Wade Sims, but hey, glad glad that justice was served and moving on. Um, and
1: that was your edition of talking trials.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly talking towards. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so there was, uh, well, I mean, we, we, we knew that there was the extending date for, for baseball for after, you know, after everyone got drafted, they still had a think until August. Well, they did have until August 1st before they had to declare, yes, I'm going to take this money that the MLB is thrown at me, or I'm going to stay in college and uh, leave the Tigers to Omaha. So that happened. We only lost one out of all the, you know, the big name transfers that come. The, the only one that decided to sign, uh, and I think it was with the Mets, was Carter Young. Oh, no, I'm sorry, he signed with the Orioles. He signed with the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's a millionaire now, so good for him. But um, everyone else that, that was going to transfer at LSU is still here. And I don't know, folks, I, I think we might be okay uh, at least with a starting line, like a starting rotation. Could you imagine if LSU had four solid pitchers, like so many starting pitchers that we had one designated for the midweek game? Like that was one of our starters. Mm-hmm. Not Johnny Holstaff, not some, you know, it's up in, like open mic night where you just, the young guys <laughs> pitch to see who can become a starter. It's like we have a, a solid starter against the midweek games. Uh, but you're looking at Jalen Hurd, who we got from UCLA, guy had like what? 1.06 six c r a and six starts. Then you had the guy. Um, he does have an injury issue, though, right? True. We're, we're not
1: worried. We're not totally
0: sure on his health. True, but lots to look forward to. Yes, there. he could, he did, he he could quite possibly injury. be right. one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Uh, but then there was a uh, Paul Skinnis. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, who we got from Air Force? Um, man, I mean he he was the uh, what was it the the Chitawny? the kind of the you yeah, two, two-way player yeah exactly yeah. uh i mean he had a 273 in 15 starts that's still pretty good you know but he the guy hits so obviously he would probably pitch one day but then he could be our dh maybe yeah. for another day because i don't know i mean he, he was a really good hitter then we had who we had before which was ty floyd i think uh a blank money's still around but i don't know where he'd fit in then who there's ever, who else was still on the staff? Uh, then we also have Vanderbilt transfer Christian little. Then, you know, there's guys like Javin Coleman who have been here, who, you know, we were trying to groom to start, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're there yet. I guess they'll figure that out this year, but we do have one, if not the best pitching coaches leaving the Minnesota twins to come join us. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're going to be well. Of course, I said this last year, but <laughs>
1: yeah. I think we're going to be more than okay. And this is—I feel like this is just unprecedented—the amount of talent we're bringing in.
0: <sighs> Dude, it's like an all-star team.
1: It, yeah, it really is. Um, gosh, it's just going to be really unfortunate when when we uh, you know when we play—I uh, don't know—Nichols next year <laughs> and lose the series.
2: Yeah. Last year, I mean, the expectations were very high as well. And on the pitching end, it was kind of like, we've got guys, but we didn't really know where where they all slotted in, but it was kind of like, we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, This Mm -hmm. one, I think the optimism is a little bit better. Like, all right, this guy's going to pitch, this guy's going to pitch. And there you go.
1: I feel like the last year, the optimism was a little bit unfounded. Like, I feel like people were more just excited because it was like, Oh, we got the new with new coach and like, he's going to shake things up and, you know he's really good and mm-hmm. we pay him a lot of money now i think there's a lot more to be like like you said you know there's a lot more to be excited about and you could say like no look we just picked up this guy and we picked up this guy and this guy committed and you know we got the best class in the country and all this kind of stuff
2: Although one thing I will say in regards to LSU baseball is there's always inexplicably like people getting hurt, like people who just somehow disappear from the roster like for some unknown reason. So if you want four starting pitchers, you really need like six on the roster. (laughs) Something's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, lots a lot to be uh
0: hopeful about at least at this stage. True. Yeah, and then there's uh you know there's always the um you know just the I think the bullpen is probably the best for someone to, like, just come out of nowhere. And I don't know, there's a lot of uh, armchair re- baseball recruiters out there that you know, have been keeping their eye on Jaden Newt, who was one of the guys that that ultimately signed with LSU, along with six, eight Chase Shores and uh, Griffin Herring and, and, all you know, guys like that. But uh, they were actually top 130 MLB draft prospects. Uh, I don't know if that Jaden Newt's, like, starter material but uh it's like a heavy league arm that's deciding to come to LSU so uh oh, it could be could be a nice surprise um not that we need guys to I don't know we just need some some fire in the bullpen like the Chris Cotton days you know the Zach Hess before we tried to make him into a starter you sure. know something yeah. like that uh be cool for a guy had to throw over 102 but don't need it. Um, <laughs> we uh, so I, yeah. I think we're good. And you know that as far as the fielding goes, you know I guess that'll work itself out because you know Tommy White um, supposedly played first, but that's what Trey Morgan plays. So maybe he'll play third since you know. Um, I think I think he was actually a third baseman
1: like in the portal. I think thir- third base is his preferred okay. position, but he played okay. first for NC State because maybe they had a, another guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and plus uh Jacob berry has gone, so that's that's the position one of the positions in need. Yeah, uh, now I think it's interesting because you know, we have we have guys like uh you know Braden Joe Bear who um is was mostly a DH. He did play some outfield, but that guy, you know, he had a good bat. He he held his own and he's I don't know if he's gonna have a starting position because if if uh if what's his name, you know, our uh s- skin is the guy that, you know, from air force, the pitcher that hits, he's our DH. I would think Braden would be in the outfit. I, I, it would be so odd to have him just sitting on the bench. See what I'm more excited about yeah, from, the, from the, from uh, the,
1: from Skinnis, I think we could be really pretty, pretty cool and useful is, you know, you get those, you get those, and we got into a lot of them earlier uh, this year, we got those situations where, You'll you'll want to have a guy come in uh, like a reliever, and he'll pitch like maybe uh, you know he'll he'll pitch like two outs and then and then and retire the side and then it's it's sure enough it's time for him to come up to bat. I'm excited about having maybe Skinner to where he can come in and, re- and either relieve or he can come in uh, or he can he can stay in and then do like a double switch to where he can bat get a quality at bat. And you don't have to burn a, a pinch hitter. I right. think that's going to be a really dynamic thing. And you don't like, that's, that's not something point. that's going to come up, you know, or that, that anybody else
0: really has. Um, yeah. yeah, no, especially in the late innings, if it's like close. Yeah, you're going to like, oh my God, I have a guy on second and here's my pitcher slot up. Uh, yeah, like you said, you don't have to burn the pitcher just to get a hit. Exactly. You just,
1: or either you let him, yeah, you let him swing. Or you put him in and say, Hey, can you go get, can you go get me three outs? You know, here, here's a bat go get yeah. it. And then you're going <laughs> to give
0: me three outs. All right. So yeah, here's the deal. You're going to, you're going to lay this bunt down the third baseline and then you're going to give me three outs and we win the game. Or actually with him, you might say, okay, here's the deal. Swing away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I went to a Braves game uh, when they played the angels. Actually, this was, a couple weeks ago. And Shatani actually hit a home run like right, right near us down, along the first base line. So, uh, I, I that would be amazing. That you know the Braves almost picked him up. There was a lot of talk before the trade before the
1: trade deadline. Yeah. Wow. Wish they. I wish
0: they would have. That'd have been cool. Instead, they gave a lot of money to Austin Riley. <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> they gave all of Freddie Freeman's money to Austin Riley. <laughs> yeah, I know he's still pissed because his agent like screwed him out of that. Anyway, um, I don't. Know, I think that was it for for baseball, unless you guys had something else. And other than that, man, it was just it was just something else I saw, you know, because the uh, the track and field championships. I thought that might have been worth a mention, but you guys, didn't have anything else on baseball. Well, uh, let's no, but let's talk Shelton Samson. We kind of <gasps> got over that. We're, we're gonna have to put him back in at the top. Damn, we're gonna have to cut him in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so shot. Take it away, Daniel. Because uh, we completely forgot about that. Okay, I'll,
2: I'll get to the short of it, which is that uh, just yesterday, August sixth, uh, five-star wide receiver Shelton Sampson, out of Catholic High in Baton Rouge, committed to LSU. Uh, he came through with the hashtag Shelton Stays, and uh, yeah, gave us our, our highest-rated recruit yet of the 2023 class, the number four wide receiver in the country right now. And so now we have two top 10 wide receivers, um, when paired with Jalen Brown and yeah, it's a very good feather in the cap and somebody that we really needed to stay. There was rumors that he was going to Bama going to A and M Florida state. Those were his other top schools that he was picking from. Yeah. And to to have him stay home is, is very important and shows that Brian Kelly can hopefully keep some of the the best talent around, uh, in town. (laughs) And even though Tommy and I, we, we were both watching the announcement video online. It was, I don't want to talk too badly about other people's shows, but on Jordy Collada's show, it was a bit of a mess. Because uh, mm-hmm. he was doing it live from the Catholic high school gym. And it was just constant audio issues. You couldn't hear what people were saying. They were, like, drummed it up for a while and it just kept waiting and waiting. And the, the audio was bad. They were cutting back and forth. And then when it actually like came time to make the decision. Shelton was sitting at the table with the hats on it. Um, And then the, the camera like pans to the side and they have a projector screen there. And instead of like feeding the is, it's his kind of commitment videos, highlights, et cetera. Instead of feeding it straight to the stream on YouTube, it's the cameras videoing the projector screen. (laughs) And so you're watching this and you also can't hear it. Uh, the the video audio they're playing this random beat on loop in the background and then it was also strange because there was those four schools that i named and he had a different video for every single school and so it was about once
1: he put out on social media
2: yeah it was about (laughs) for the whole week leading up
1: he had released these videos like could it be bama like he would, he would be like the bright lights of Bryant Denny are the best.
2: Well, at first I thought he had committed to A just out know. of the blue because they played the A and M video first, and it was like him in the A and M jersey and like at their practice and then some highlights. And I was like, did he just commit? Like I, I didn't know what was going on. It didn't and then it started then the video- again. The video ended. Well, then you could see the guy like moving his mouse around on the screen and going to the home screen because they didn't stitch them all together. He had to like manually swap between all the videos. (laughs) And then he went to, I think Alabama next. I was like, okay, here we go. And then they played the LSU and Florida uh, state ones. And then it cuts back. Oh no. And then, they play a a fifth video (laughs) in the end (laughs) of him like in the LSU Jersey. And then, so this was the second one in LSU. So I was like, I guess he committed to LSU and I didn't really know what was going on. And then that video ended and then it cuts back to him like at the table and he's wearing the LSU hat. And so in the meantime, he had done the commitment and you missed it all because you were (laughs) watching the video on the screen. And, uh, (laughs) and then the audio was off for another like two minutes and that, that was kind of the end. So in the end it was LSU, which is a good result, but I think there were some lessons to be learned for future recruits on how to announce these things.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Let, let the people, the cameras do it. I mean, we, I'm glad we just need him to catch footballs. We don't need him to be in the audio official department. Uh, but that's, that is, they, like you said, they announced it. It's like he, he himself said a few days ahead of time, I'm going to be announcing on Jordy Collada's show at this time. And I'm thinking, all right, well there goes the surprise, right? It's like, why would he announce on Jordy's show? Unless it was LSU. And he said, come on LSU. Like everything was the other. There's no surprise for me. I just didn't see this. uh, Yeah. I mean, for me, it was more
1: of like, uh, I just want to like check the box. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, yeah. When he announced like the way he was going to, you know, announce it and everything. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he's, probably going to be lsu if he'd been crystal bald there he's from catholic high all that all the good stuff but you still never know that yeah i mean if you know we've seen the about who's the guy who had the hat on he threw it and put on another hat like these guys these guys are crazy stuff sometimes
2: and then at the the very end he did the interview with jordy colada afterwards but he like they were sitting at the table and Shelton Samson was so far from the microphone. He couldn't hear what he was saying. And then his mama stepped in front of the camera and he couldn't see him. So all you have is Jordy Colada talking to himself on the camera and half the screen is blocked. And I was like, i oh, just wrap it up at this point. Like we got it, got it under control. But it's, it's a good sign, and then it's a good, it's a good watch. <laughs> go go watch, and then every, everybody everybody in the YouTube chat is like blowing up about all this stuff. And then so Shelton, I, I mean, I kind of feel bad for him that his big moment like got ruined by production value
0: issues. That's uh, why. you why you not to do too much. Don't uh-huh. do too much. Just put it uh, out there. But
2: we're good. We got the number seven overall class now. Eighteen commits. Um, Amen. A, a few more left to go, looking forward to signing day in in November, hopefully Shelton actually stays at that point, but things are looking good, so that was the the highs and the lows of a, a crazy day in recruiting
0: <laughs> that's funny uh good segue though speaking of highs and lows uh the there's the world um track there was like you know a track championship at oregon uh you know up in um i guess Eugene that's where Nike, they you know they use Oregon's track and field. I mean, they they are very nice. They're probably you know the best. I don't know if it's the best facilities in the country, at least for a college campus, it probably is. But they had the world, uh, you know, track and field championships. And do you guys know who was there? Mondo Duplantis. Does that name sound familiar? He used to go to LSU. He, and he also used to be an American until he <laughs> until he switched to Sweden. But that's okay. He still he's still a tiger, right? We'll pull for him. But uh, so what Mondo did was he basically broke his own world record for pole vault. So he has set he obviously won the event, set a new world record from the previous world record that he broke, I don't know if it was in the Olympics or not. Maybe it was. Uh but I think it was. But the, you know, he he obviously broken. I think he broke it one time before that. So, uh it's it's just Mondo's track and field world and we are just taking part in it. Um I just thought that was kind of cool. Thought I'd mention it since you know the guy won it with the purple and gold. So, uh but that was all.
2: We we may have the world record for the most podcasts discussing Mondo Duplantis breaking world
0: records. That's probably true. We could we could. Uh, we'll have to check the check the archives. But I don't know that's that's kind of all I had. I think that's a good wrap up. Yeah, we got if if we stick
2: on our schedule and skip next week, then uh, we'll be back on the about the twenty first, and that's one week before college football. So that could be our big preseason preview pod, and uh, looking forward to that with y'all.
0: Yep. Yeah. bring bring your predictions um i don't know i'd say i mean i don't want to put you guys on the spot now but uh i'll just give you an easy one we'll toss up a little t-ball hit right now LSU is at six and a five you you taking the over. Six and five. the over or six and a half wins six and a half, half, half. No, half. half. <laughs> LSU at six and a half wins for the season
2: right now i think we go over just barely i think seven five <laughs> wow mm. i may Steve. change my opinion before the next pod i feel like i, more, I feel like we more
0: pessimistic i feel like we at know. least get eight wins right yeah i think we at least got a texas a&m season in us yeah. right? eight and four so yeah. i i feel like at least that's including the bowl game though so that means uh, a win with the bowl game but I, i'll go nine and three i'm gonna go nine and three uh okay. just off of this so obviously i would take the over on that bet but you can't really like you don't get paid for how many over right have some sort of side bet where you can bet on that specifically but uh, i mean that's it right just it's either over six and a half or not so you can't really i don't think there was anything else i mean that was it was a bet when i was in vegas but it it just it wasn't lucrative enough because i think the over on lsu was pretty easy Mm -hmm. right i think most people were like the payoff wasn't that great so
1: yeah it's probably minus 110 i would think if not worse to be honest um but it's kind of typical you know how they how they typically do it but uh i mean that i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm actually i'm gonna i'm looking it up right now a little bit because i'm a little bit surprised i feel like i feel like there's a lot especially out of sec media days there's a lot more hype around lsu i guess they're just saying you know we have we do have like a, a, a tough schedule because we're playing like our out of conference games are going to be florida and Florida! I don't know if Florida supposed to be that good this year, but now, Florida they always play as close and uh, Tennessee, which Tennessee is probably going to be one of, you know, you would think would be the second best team in the
0: East. Hmm. Uh, but then, you know, there's also our, our regular gauntlet, but they, they know we're going through a coaching change and we don't have a solidified starter, like a lot of the sec. So that's, that is it also. True. Um, yeah. I, I think even with, with Joe Burrow's first year, right? Like, before before the championship season, even his first year, I think they had us, what, like seven wins, eight wins, just because of, I don't know, we'd lost some people. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's all a guessing game, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, still plenty of time to get those bets in, if if that's your style. But uh, no, guys, I'll pretty much... Do it for us. You got any last words? I think that's about it. But I mean, look, we're
1: we're steadily approaching and
0: so uh I'd say just strap in. Yeah, keep watching the twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty-seven days till videos for you know, for all for all those that are out there. Those are fun too. We're living some of those games. Um or some of those highlights, I should say. Uh, I just saw the one with Fournette where he had the three Auburn guys, you know, he threw all oh. off. His, yeah. Was I was awful. I was at that game that
1: was oh, awesome nice. Nice. and he and, and the, when that happened like he was running towards the uh like student section
0: so it was pretty cool to see right on yeah right on well i think that'll do it for us here on talking tigs tune in next time it'll be right before our opening game we'll have a, a lot for you a lot to break down unpack and prepare for this new upcoming season in the bk era i I don't know. It doesn't seem hokey yet, so I'm going to keep saying it. BK Takeover, that I don't know about. I, I mean, it's cool for a second, but at least <laughs> I think we're going to have to drop this BK Takeover stuff. But anyway, uh, w- whatever's uh, coming down the pipe for the next week or so, we're going to have it for you, so stick around. Check back in with us. We'll have it all for you, and until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Dicks.